0: Well, the Pacific National Exhibition is in the books for another year after that traditional last day on Labor Day, of course. Now, the numbers show that more than 529,000 people went to this 112th edition of the fair. That's about 75% of pre-COVID numbers. p has a lot of history, of course. Things like 45 years of Superdogs, which is amazing. 88 years of giving away the p prize home. But what about the stuff that you remember from your childhood that might not be there anymore? Ah, for that, we turn to Eve Lazarus, reporter, author, historian, host of Cold Case Canada. She's been writing about that this summer. Hi, Eve. Thanks for being here.
1: Hi, Simi. Thanks for having me.
0: I love your posts about things that used to be at the p that we don't have anymore because, boy, did that bring back memories. And it sounds like a lot of people had the
1: same reaction. It's had such a huge connection from people. It's been really interesting to, to look at them, and I've had so much fun putting them out. <laughs> How did you find out about some of the stuff? Well, some of it, you know, I remember when I got here in the 80s, you know, I'm thinking of the Challenger map and the Sky Glider and even some of that freak shows, not as bad as they were in the 40s and 50s, but there were still, you know, sort of remnants of that around. So that kind of, you know, I started doing this for, for my book Vancouver Exposed and just, you know, asking where things went, like the Sky Glider. Where did it end up? And it turns out it's on Mount Seymour as their chair list. I mean, that just blew me away.
0: Wait a minute. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I Uh, remember the Sky Glider, which was that thing that you got on that took you across the top of the
1: Peony and it was so cool. It went where? It went to Mount Seymour. It's called the Brockton Chair now. It's been here since 1988. I was shocked when I heard that. Me too. It's the same one? it is the same one and it was at the P&E for about 15 years you know from about 70 and i must have taken it just at the end around 1985 I remember this vividly from my childhood.
0: Okay, so that's a fun fact. That is now at the P&E, or up at the uh, Mount Seymour. But now, I watched the movie Elvis on the weekend, Eve. And as I was reading about Elvis, it really struck me, and I did not know this, that he only ever performed three times outside of the United States. One of them was
1: here in Vancouver. Wasn't it amazing? And even more amazing, tickets for that concert were $3.75. Can you imagine? <laughs> I cannot. And that was at the P&E. That was at Empire Stadium at the P&E. Yeah, August 31st, 1957. That's amazing. <laughs>
0: That's another little bit of history that we don't often hear about. So tell me about some of the exhibits that are no longer there, too, because there are some unusual
1: ones. Well, I clearly remember the Challenger map in the, oh God, it must have been the late 80s, I guess, going to see that. Yeah. Do you remember that? I do vividly. Yeah, I loved it. Yeah, it was in the old um, BC Pavilion. And it was just huge. And I I kind of, you know, wanted to see how huge. And it was 196 panels. And um, I think that worked out to about 500. It's just a massive, massive panel, you know, thing that was all done to scale. It took George Challenger... And his family, something like seven years to build this map to scale, all from fur plywood. And then they cut it into 986,000 pieces. So that was all displayed at the, the p for 43 years. And then when the BC Pavilion was demolished in 97, the, the Challenger map just disappeared. So I wanted to know where it went. And it, it turned out it's been in storage in an Air Canada hangar out at the airport for you know decades. And in 2010 for the Olympics, the RCMP apparently got um, nine of the 196 panels out of storage, just re- refurbished them all and, and had them in their security office in Richmond to, to show people, which is really interesting. And they're the nine panels that were at the p e last year, I think, for the first time and back there this year. But it's, just, it's less than 5% of the entire map that you know, was on display.
0: I would love to see that back on display too. But oh, me too. What a huge undertaking that would be. So that's kind of some of the fun stuff. But Eva, I was reading through some of your posts on this. And some of these exhibits in years past were kind of gruesome too, weren't they? Like there was actually an exhibit that you wrote about involved the babes in the woods.
1: Oh, yeah. They, um, they used to have the, the actual skulls on display at the p and I think that went on for about 10 years. And they were taken from the Vancouver Police Museum. They'd been there in, I, I guess, when it opened in 1986, and then went to the PNE and back at the, the museum. And they finally, finally took them down in the 90s and uh, made replicas. But yeah, <laughs>
0: doesn't that just blow your mind? Like that, when I read mm-hmm. about that, I thought, you're telling me, like, yes, it was an unsolved mystery and it was hugely mysterious. But to put the skulls on display, like, I yeah. can't believe we were doing that.
1: Well, you know, things like Freak Auditorium. I mean, you know, you look at that now and just shudder. I see the photos that, you know, the the bearded lady and the guy with alligator skin and, you know, girly reviews and little people on parade. I mean, oh, you just shudder when you think that people were paying to see all this.
0: Yeah, that makes it seem like more of a circus, doesn't it, than an actual oh. like a fair. Uh, some of the other fun stuff, though, I noticed, too. You must have found, been able to find a lot of pictures about this one, and this was the, the parade that we used to have. I, I vividly remember the Peony Parade.
1: Yeah, it went, right, it went for 60 years, right up until 1995. And uh, that, that was um, quite amazing, right down Granville Street and Hastings. I remember that, too, going back in probably in the late 80s and, and 90s. It was a massive, massive affair. And uh, you know, I was looking at one of the photos that, that I posted on social media, and it was a 1938 parade. And you've got this very futuristic looking rocket ship being towed by a tractor. And it was um, put out by the sheet metal workers, and they, they actually won the, the grand prize for that year. And then it went out to the airport, and now a replica of that rocket's uh, near a in 6 near the bridge. So I just thought that was really interesting to kind of trace its origins and find out where it went.
0: Absolutely. And, of course, the P&E prize home. As I mentioned, 88 years they have been giving away a prize home at the p and They've been doing that. But you've actually tracked down <laughs> some pictures of some of these early prize homes.
1: It wasn't easy. The p and strangely enough, don't keep an archive. So, uh, you know, for the last few years, I've been saying, hey, does anyone know where these you know houses turned out? And we found some. Well, we found the original one from 1934, which is literally around the corner from the P&E. It's on Dundas Street, and it's still there. And really? It was, yeah, it's uh, 2812 Dundas Street, if anyone's going past it. And um, it, it was worth $5,000 back in 1934, which, of course, was the middle of the Depression, But there was this great story. It was won by this 27-year-old guy called Leonard Freewin. And he's desperately wanting to marry his girlfriend, Edith. He was a delivery driver, though, and it was a depression, and he couldn't afford to do it. So he won the house, and it changed all that, and he married his sweetheart.
0: Eve, that is the most lovely story. That's <laughs> Isn't like the, that gorgeous? Yes, the Peony Prize home changed somebody's life. I love that. There's always I always hear from people, or I, I, I you know, anecdotally, urban myth that oh, there were some Peony Prize homes over here. There were some in Burnaby. There was so. Is there no way to track down whether whether a house is actually a Peony Prize home?
1: Um, there not not officially. Uh, I've got sort of unofficial list. There's a couple in Burnaby. There's one still on lowheed and um, I put up a post on that one. It, it's you know one of the interesting things is that they were so modest back then. You know, sort of thousand yes. square feet and, and just really nice looking sort of little bungalows and and things like that. And even you know I was talking about this Dundas Street house. It's still there. You know, five thousand dollars and thirty four. It's currently assessed at assessed at one point eight million dollars. <laughs>
0: oh. My goodness. oh. my goodness. No wonder we're all entering, you know, lotteries for prize homes and things like that. But you know what, Eve, I love it. You've told us some great stories this morning. We really appreciate it.
1: My pleasure. Always a great time coming on. Thank you, Simi.
0: That's Eve Lazarus. She's a historian, local historian, reporter, author. She's the host of Cold Case Canada. You should check out her blog, too. Eve Lazarus, with the great, she's got old pictures on there of stuff that you probably remember vaguely from your childhood at the PNE, and definitely comes back to life on that one. If you want to weigh in, Simi at cknw.com.